I'm a motherfucking beast girl In this jungle out here I'ma mean that shit sometimes I won't mean that shit I'm trying to find a way to beat that shit Tell you exactly what you wanna hear And I'm, I'ma have fun with it Give me your heart and I'll run with it Give it back in pieces when I'm done with it What up everyone? Welcome to the Relationship DNA Podcast I'm your co-host Ace Smalls And it's Dominique Renee on the ones and twos How y'all doing? If y'all are new to this show, we ask that you give us grace as we continue to build out this podcast. But welcome. If you're a returning member, viewer, listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. So what we're going to do first is give you all a rundown of who you. we are. We are considered a relationship podcast. Why? Because we love to talk about relationships. So our goal in this is to make men and women understand how to communicate and create better relationships or dialogues within business, within relationships, within families, within structures. That is our sole goal of this uh, podcast. The purpose is to constantly give each other not just topics, but go through questions that will help us dig deeper into the topic. So we are a question-based podcast. And it makes no sense for somebody to sit there and rant to themselves. So you got a man's perspective, you got a woman's perspective, and we hope that it helps you to think more about your current situations and your future situations. So with that introduction being said, how are you doing, D? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I can't complain. You know, life gives you ups and downs, but you got to keep going. So mm. I'm here and I'm doing what I love. Well, I'm Talk glad it. you're here. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I hope everything is going well. So we're going to get into the first segment, which is the morning affirmation. This segment here, we just give you some positive words for the morning. If you're listening in the morning or something you can use during your morning to help you get through the day. So D. Renee, what you got for the folks? Well, you know, I'm always about the books and what I'm reading. The current book that I'm reading is Set Boundaries and Find Peace. This is a therapist. She's very popular on Instagram, um, Nara Glover. Um, I love this book. My friend of mine told me about it. And it's so funny. It breaks down your different boundaries um, in different relationships. And since we're talking about family, this uh, segment one of the quotes that's there, it states, tough love is creating and keeping healthy boundaries. So I know it's very hard to keep boundaries with your family and your friends and all type of situations. But one thing that stood out to me in this chapter is you become an adult when you set boundaries with your parents. So I know um, we're used to, you know, taking direction from our parents. But once we get older and become adults ourselves, we have to learn that boundary between our family our parents and for the us to for them to treat us as adults so I just want to take that piece of um gems and pass it on to you guys about setting boundaries and being having healthy relationships with your parents yeah I appreciate that word because I as you said I just thought about some of the times where I talk to family members and they still speak to me as I'm that little kid that they watched growing up versus mm -hmm. the adult father husband of three <laughs> and they still teach sometimes talk to me so you got to kind of <laughs> assert yourself as yo that person is gone and recognize the new person <laughs> yeah that's funny 
Uh, so my, my morning affirmation for the folks is because what this episode is about family, um, I would just say learn to appreciate what is great about your family. Not everybody has the same background or the mm. same structure, but there are some jewels within your family, no matter how dysfunctional or how organized that they are, that can make you great. So look for the good, take what's great. And when you get old and have kids, remember those things that you appreciate and then add on to it. All right. So that's my morning affirmation for the folks. Okay. So what we're about to get into is the I next segment, which it. is called the relationship role play. In this segment, what me and D do is we run through a scenario and we act it out. So I am performing on behalf of the fellas and I'm mm-hmm. trying to win. She's performing on behalf of the ladies and she's trying to win. So we're going to give a timer. We can give you the scenario and we're going to act it out back and forth. And our goal is to win. So we hope that the fans that are listening definitely gets on the pot on the um, IG or hit us up with an email and let us know how they feel about it. So scenario is since we're in the pandemic and we just got some STEMI checks, sister still stills the stem the stimulation check, $10,000 check of their mother and the brother calls or confronts the sister about her actions so we spun the wheel we have four personality types for every one of these scenarios the first one um, type a is a person that is accountable communicates give great advice and great resolution uh a conflict resolution the type b is the person that says but however and justifies makes excuses for all the actions the person c lies about every single thing and the person d blames the flex and has poor communicative skills so we spun the wheel i got person a d got person b so we're gonna act this out you ready i'm ready okay cool all right so let me set the time i forgot to do that let me set the time let's set the timer (laughs) see don't be trying to cheat thinking last time he's trying to cheat thinking last last time we went too long so we're gonna put a time on it and we're gonna act (laughs) it out the best we can in two minutes. So ready, okay. set, go. Yo, sis, mommy said you took a, a stimulus tech. Why did you take it? Because she been putting my name on the cable bill and now my credit's messed up. I took the 10 G's so I could get my credit back. How was 10 G's going to fix your credit? All I'm- the past two bills. How many times has mommy put Verizon in my name, has put... AT&T in my name, all these other bill collectors is hollering at me and I was only 15. So now but, I need to clear my credit so I can get my life together. But she needs the check to pay the rent to keep her apartment and all the debt you have in credit card for Gucci, Louie and all that other BS is going to affect your credit score even more. So the $10,000 is not going to save you. My scammer booze bought that. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I, I my credit was bad from 18. And I don't know why you making excuses for mommy and she did the same thing to you. First of all, you, you're not that fly to have scammer booze. That's number one. Two, I seen your last boyfriend. And okay, he can't, bro. And he couldn't afford a uh, Happy Meal at McDonald's. So can you please give mommy back a stimulus a check? Can you give her back a check, please? It's already done. What do you mean it's hopefully, already done? Hopefully Biden gives us another one. She can have that other one. It, it don't matter. I'm she not doing it, it now. She needs I'm that. tired so, of paying. So, so when she gets evicted, she can live with you. Hello? She can live I've with you? I've been paying her rent. I pay her rent. Since when? 
oh, now you want to act like I don't do nothing for the family? I didn't say you didn't do anything. I said, since when? I just curious to know. I was there the other day eating Scooby snacks and stuff. I didn't, I didn't see you pay the rent. The, the bill is still there. I'm tired of doing that. I have my own life. I got to pay my bills. I got to do what I got to do. So Biden stimulate me. I'm it's, I'm repaying my time. He stimulate you? Stimulate? That's how you say it? He, That's it, like, you can't even pronounce me. the word he right. So can you please me. make sure that you give mommy back the money, please? Can you please make sure? I, will I don't want to have to constantly try to I don't want to constantly try to save mommy. First in every of all, situation. why, why are you, time, you speaking time, for mommy? Time, why are you speaking time. for mommy? <laughs> time is up. <laughs> You speaking so, for mommy? Where mommy at? <laughs> listen, mommy's at the house making dinner. We'll be there in a second. <laughs> so, so that is our relationship role play. I don't know if that was too short or too long, but when we listen to the playback, we'll try to adjust the minutes for you. Yeah, I bet you do. You are very argumentative. So, since you're so <laughs> argumentative, let's get into the topic. You ready? Today's I'm topic ready. is entitled. It's a family affair. No, let me stop. It's a family reunion, but the energy is off. Off stands for overcoming forgiveness and family. How do you reconcile with family? Hmm. So when you hear that topic, we picked, we picked this up specifically. When you hear this topic, what, what goes to your mind when you hear it? Well, my family, I don't feel we reconcile. Like we just forgive like and just we just no we don't forgive we forget like with my family there's no forgive there's forget and act like it didn't happen and you just because we family we just gonna have to be together so this topic is very important to me because I want to learn how to uh I guess in a perfect world learn how to forgive and talk about the things that make us feel this way so that we can forgive and move on so when you say not really forgive, but forget. It, it speaks to something that I think is a old black family thing where we don't speak about mm -hmm. it. We kind of mm -hmm. put it under the rug. So you bring up an interesting question that I have in mind, which is how does those old school ways of managing family affect our new school ways of putting it all out on social media? Because now everybody is quick to go to social media or quick to air everything out. How do you think that causes more strife within the family structure? I feel people are willing to express how they feel about their family members on social media than speak to their family. Like a lot of family find out how they really feel about another when they on social media. They're like somebody, y'all could you could be at a family event and then you'd be like, yeah, um, the next day. That's why I don't like going to my family event because I never get to speak my mind or I feel like everybody's taking advantage of me. And it's like, you should be able to speak about that at that moment. Like why does social media have to be the platform for you to feel that your expressions could get out there to the public. Like it should be a conversation. You should be able to be comfortable to the person and not social media. So I just feel like people feel like social media is the new diary or the new therapist. Do you think, now that you say that, do you think it's it's more based off of a need to be heard versus back in the days not being able to be heard? Like now you can be heard by anybody and everybody through social media and you'll get what, you'll actually get the responses that you don't want to hear when you air out your own personal laundry. You think that's the need just to feel like somebody's hearing them? I feel social media is a, a platform now for validation. People feel they could go on social media and have feedback where either people are going to agree with them or they're not going to agree with them because they feel they feel more comfortable speaking to, um, 
I would say the air because it's not like you're speaking to a person. You're you're just putting your thoughts out there and waiting for a response. So it's like you're waiting for somebody to read that. You know, you know when um I kind of hate and I used to kind of be the same way when I wanted when I was in a relationship, I'd be upset about something and I'll post a meme that relates to my feelings and hoping that person catch the hint. And it's like I feel like that's what social media is all about now, like just people catching hints because people are not brave enough to tell people how they really feel. So, so I feel it's a validation and I also agree. Yeah, I feel it's a validation. I also feel it's a um, a platform where people feel heard because as you said, back in the day, you can't really, you couldn't really talk about how you felt. You just had to take it. Like they're the elders. That's just how it is. If you don't like it, get out the house. Don't come to the function. And that's just what it is. So in slang, we call that subs, throwing subs on the internet. Oh yeah, throw, throw the subs. Yeah, of course. Throwing so shade. So when I was younger, I, I'll confess you when phone, I was younger, you I did phone that. I, I did that in relationships. I, I threw subs. And when I look yep. back on subs, I think it's a level of immaturity. So if you throw a sub on the internet versus just telling the person directly how you feel, it's a it's a it's a form of um emotional, um, mental immaturity. And you still got some growing up to do because now everybody knows these two people ain't rocking because everybody's reading through the subs especially if your friends and close families already know you're going through something mm -hmm. yeah go ahead i know fella lacks communication you just don't Mm. have good communication skills definitely you should be able to speak to me i'm your partner like if you can't tell me how you feel how you going to tell a million other people how you feel Mm -hmm. so getting back to you out here making me look stupid but i'm the one god sorry i could go on that for that for that Let's, so bring it in. let's, let's bring, bring it, it back, back to, to <laughs> family, to family and the topic of it's a family reunion, mm-hmm. but the energy is off. Do you think people actually pay attention mm-hmm. to energies and vibes within their family? Yeah, I think so. I think that that's where we get it from. The foundation of how we relate to other people is how we relate to our family, because our family is our first form of communication before mm-hmm. you go out to the outside world. I feel like even though family so is So I feel, form, you know when the vibe is off. But even if the mm-hmm. family is your first form of communication, we don't teach our children or each other how to read people's energy, how to read a bad mood, how to sense something. It's kind of like you grow up and you kind of get to know a person and you're just like, this is just who they are, but not actually saying the energy in the room is off because this person isn't in good vibes. I think it's the kind of the head of the household type of thing like if growing up um my father and when my father when my father and my mother was together you could kind of tell like if my father was having a bad day oh we all gonna have a bad day like it's just (laughs) it's just the energy is off because he was the he was the the energy of the of the household like my father was the the pulse Mm -hmm. so if the pulse was off we all was off. Like we was like, all right, today going, it's going, it's not, it's not going to be a good night. Like, let's just go to our room. We ain't going to be talking like that. Watch a TV together and all that. We just all going to eat dinner and then go to the room and hope and pray tomorrow's a better day. When you, when you say <laughs> that, it just sounds father, so, it sounds so old school when you say that. It, 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 it is old school. My father's from Alabama. Like that is old Southern ways. Mm, I get it. I get it. So within trying to read energy and within having those uh, quiet moments where you don't speak about your issues. How do we 
actually overcome anything if we can't talk directly to each other. Is there a way? Therapy. That's the way I learned how to communicate I mm. better. Therapy and effective communication and um in college and all these communication classes I took went in corporate world. I, I applied them to real life. And me, the kind of person I was, I always wrote out how I felt. Like when I was younger and my mom used to piss me off, I would write her these long letters and put them in her pocketbook because I could not, I would not be able to get over my mood unless I expressed how I felt. So I had to always, I was always verbally, I mean, I was always writing things out. Like if I felt some, even now as an adult, if I feel some type of way, I have to write it out in order to move on because I'll just keep talking about it and harping on it until I'm over it so I gotta write it out talk it out and then move on well that's great because pent up anger pent up emotions undirected um anger will definitely Mm -hmm. boil and bubble into a whole nother monster so the fact that you're able to write things down which I believe is cathartic where you purge your your feelings, get them out so that you can go on with your day. I feel like more people need Mm -hmm. to do that, but we don't. And you mentioned therapy. Therapy is not something that is promoted within our communities. Uh, But, you know, the the new narrative is, you know, Mm -hmm. Charlemagne and some of of those personalities are definitely pumping um, therapy. And I believe in therapy as well. But what do you, why do you think people don't want to see therapy or don't seek it for personal reasons? They don't want to, they don't want to deal. We are a culture that to press on, you know, we've been built on not focusing on the pain, not focusing on the trauma, Mm -hmm. just moving past it, getting through. And I feel like that mentality, the generations of what we've been through as a culture of the trauma, we just move on. We just, we just try to hold on to the good and just outweigh the bad. And I feel like we're a culture that does not know how to heal. We just press on. We never learn how to heal. We just learn how to press on, how to endure. Like we don't, we, we endure in, is one word that I really feel the black culture um, inherits. We mm. endure a lot of things. Like we just getting through it. Like just bear through, pray about it, move on, cope. We have so many coping skills of to get through things, bad coping skills, drugs, alcohol, sex, all these different type of things that we shopping, all these negative, and, I, and it's not negative if you want well, drugs. Um, <laughs> shopping and different things like that is not. It's all to a, a limit, you know. And I feel us as a as a race, we use those those things to cope with and not deal with or heal with. I will agree. If 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 you are using these things as a coping mechanism to not address what's in you, then you just delay your healing process. But if those coping mechanisms, drugs, sex, alcohol, video games, whatever it is, consumes you and be, you become an addict, then it can be very detrimental to not only your personal growth, but the growth within your family or within your relationships. Yeah, so, like I just know people who go through things and they be like, I, um, they just indulge in, in things. Like I know a friend who, she just watches TV. Like TV is her escape. And I feel like we have a lot of escapes and we don't want to face reality. We only face reality when we need to clock in and clock out of work or we need to to be a mother. We need to be a, a, a husband. We need to be a wife. Like these roles that we play, like we clock in and out of these roles. But when it comes to us and healing and dealing, we don't, we just pray it off. We cope it off we uh we do everything but really talk about it and get and heal from it 
Mm-hmm. Well, you we speak to something um, earlier that um, resonates with what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about coping and moving on, if you cope and if you move on, do you ever fully forgive? Do you ever really overcome these traumas? Personally, I'm a person that um, I tend to forgive. I mean, I tend to forget and not forgive. And then things trigger me and bring me back to those those moments that I know I never forgave. Mm. So I'm a person that um, people say, oh, you're very forgiving. No, I just try to forget about it. And so I'm learning how to be a forgiving person because if you forgive, then if something like that happens again, you won't get triggered by it. It won't affect you. Me, if something I didn't forgive comes again in a different scenario, it's a big show. It's a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm emotional. I, I can't handle, I can't deal. Everything stops. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel I'm, I'm, I'm not a forgiven person. I'm a forgetful person. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just be like, all right, I'm gonna forget about it. I'm gonna let time pass by. I love this person. I'm the type of person, you know what? I love this person. I'm gonna just let it go, you know? And can't let it go because it, you never heal. You And then um, the person continues to do the same things and you never address what makes you upset because you never forgave them because you never you never really spoke on what made you upset mm-hmm. or what you don't like. You just keep passing it on. Mm-hmm. So if you keep passing it on, that brings up something that I have written down here that just uh, talks about. They teach us in, in science class that, that uh, energy is not lost or destroyed. It just transfers from one person to the next. How do you handle hmm. being around a family member, a loved one, somebody you're in a relationship with that has bad energy, that has bad juju, whatever it is going on, and they pass it along to you. And now after they argued with you or revved you up, now you feel just as bad at them and they're going about their day because it's no longer in them. How do you, how do you handle that? I'm not around. I'm the type, I'm the cousin or the, or the aunt that won't be around. I'm not, I'm just, I just won't. If I know that person's around or I know that person triggers me, or I know that person brings a side of me that I don't like, I'm ghost. I'm out. Mm. I'm not going to deal. And I'm learning how to express myself and I'm learning how to deal in these situations so that my nieces and the um, generation before me learn how to deal with this as well because I feel like you shouldn't come out when there's a funeral or when there's um, something bad going on I should be there with the good times the birthdays the weddings the celebrations but if you know that aunt that get on your nerve or that cousin that you can't stand is there why should I let that one person take me away from these good moments? Mm-hmm. It, it, um, definitely being around people would make it difficult if they have that energy. But I feel like I can be around a lot of people that I have issues with and never let it bother me. Because that that scenario that I gave earlier about feeling the, the anger or the hatred that a person had it's happened to me like, Mm -hmm. you know, younger years, high school years. And after realizing that, Hey, you can't let that energy into your space. When I see that, or when I see Mm -hmm. somebody trying to unload on me, I get away from them. I block them. I just don't interact with them outside of, are we going to have a cultural conversation? If not, then I am done. 
So that's the best way that I handle not taking on somebody else's bad energy or letting them unload their frustration on me. And now I'm, I'm angry and they're happy with their day. Um, how do you address a family member though? If this is, if this person right here, somebody that is within your internal household is like this, trying to dump their energy on you, how do you handle it? Well, I would say me and my sister's relationship have grown. Um, me and my sister, we live together. So we've, lived together a whole mostly entire lives except for a few years we've been separated I think we have learned how to really express ourselves like if she comes in and her mood is I'm having a bad day so I already know she's having a bad day so I already know I gotta shift her energy like okay what would happen do you want to talk about it oh let me make you something to eat or let me try to um take that ease off you know before you know she'll come in and I just be like oh she got an attitude let me close my door and then you know I need to shift her energy because that's my we're in a household together so if her energy is off then I'm closing my door I'm sheltering myself off so I'm being negative too but yeah. if I'm bringing her positivity and we talking about it we can let that that energy out the door and don't let that affect our our dimension where we're at. So I, I think it's about communication and really making the effort to care about the person that you're living with and to care about the energy that's in your household. You know, um, it's very contagious. Like you says, it transcends. It, it, it could go from one person to the other. So she could come in with bad energy and I ask her a question and, and I take it the wrong way. And then now we in an argument and something that had happened all the way at her job in Manhattan and traveled all the way back here to the Bronx. Mm -hmm. So I think it's how we take responsibility and accountability of sometimes shifting the roles in your, in your family, in your household and try to control the positivity and, and let out the negativity. That's how, I, that's how I see it. You know, it's funny as we sit here talking about this, you know, what movie comes to mind that, that perfectly talks about this not really talk about it but shows that transfer of energy you ever seen a movie with denzel mm -hmm. falling when a spirit could jump from body to body, no, to body? and you never saw that that is a great movie no, you gotta falling. see it i believe it's falling and right. it's like a spirit that he that follows him the spirit never dies so every time that somebody dies it just goes to the next person if that person touches the next person it jumps bodies so the whole movie okay. he's trying to follow the spirit that knows everything about him from an interaction they had way like years ago but towards the end of the movie denzel smartened up and lured him to a place where it was just him and that person and decided mm. to kill both of them so as oh. the guy was dying, a cat came by and the spirit left and went into a cat and said, remember at the beginning, I told you where I almost died. So he survived because his body went into a cat to survive. She was just, it's, it's, oh it's dope. But it just speaks to that transference of energy, that ability just to live on yeah. and never die. So that mm -hmm. what came to mind. So I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, but I thought it was interesting how it related to the topic. Makes so, sense. Mm -hmm. Is it difficult or do you handle a situation different when you're addressing your mother versus your father when it comes to bad energy? I do. The reason why is because um, uh, my father, he still struggles with substance abuse. And so sometimes I have to be a little bit more gentler with him than I am with my mother, even though my mother is super sensitive. So I just be like, oh my gosh, he's sensitive and he's, 
you don't know, I may say something and he may grab a drink or something. So it's just like, um, it's, you just really got to know your personnel. Mm-hmm. Like you got to, I like, like, I know my mother, I know my father. So I know when to ask them questions. I know when to speak about certain things. So it has taken me a, a lot of time to really understand my parents but I'm at the point in my life where I think I got it down to a T because I've been very observant to how they are as people and sometimes you have to step outside of them being my mother and my father and I got to look at them as Renee and Henry you know that these are two these are two people with feelings and emotions and me as Dominique as an adult you know how I would want to be respected as a person so um, I kind of just look at all those different factors and just weigh it out. And that's how I approach them. I will agree because um, our uh, everybody has a different personality. Everybody uh, deals with different things differently. So my mom is more communicative. And I think that's where I got my uh, talking from. Because when we were kids, me and my brother, and we would go on road trips, she would make us talk. She wouldn't just drive and listen to the radio. She would ask us questions and we had to answer. So talking just becomes something that I enjoy doing. And with my father, he loves to not talk. He loves to, as he would say, debate and destroy you. <laughs> and sometimes it's 24 seven. Mm-hmm. It could be about- He said porn. debate and de- debate and destroy? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It's It's funny to see it when it's funny, but sometimes, you know, it could be a little overbearing. Love you, Pop, if you're listening. But um, like we could be talking about water and he can be like, but my tap water is better than your tap water. That's kind of like, it's water. (laughs) But he'll really go back and forth to try to prove a point for why. But yeah, so it's it's interesting. And I think it's also difficult when trying to address an issue that you might have with a parent that might be combative or argumentative or have bad energy. So that's the reason why I had that um, written down because I know the way that men deal with um, anger and issue is normally aggressive. I guess that's a part of the testosterone and stuff like that that we have. So I asked it because women, I didn't know if that was the same. So that's the reason why I asked it. Well, Um, when we to, to, to dive a little deeper into that, I think it's vice versa with my parents. Like my father, I can actually tell him how I feel. Mm-hmm. And um, just, it's my delivery with my father. I can tell him how I feel about something and he can really understand and not take it personal. My mm-hmm. mother, on the other hand, she is very competitive. She's very, she's on it. Like she'll argue me down. Like, no, I don't feel that way. And she'll take offense to it. I did the best that I could. And da 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 da. So it's like, okay, mom, you're not listening to the message. You're just hearing the, you're hearing the message, but you're not listening to to resolve. You're listening to debate. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. I could say for instance, well, I didn't like how you said that. Well, I said it this way because this is how I feel and da 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 But I just told you, I just didn't. I'm not saying what you said was wrong. I'm just saying that I didn't like the way you said it. Mm-hmm. So you could say it, but just say it a different way. Your delivery is off. Well, this is how I talk. And da 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 So it's like, it's vice versa with my parents. So, mm. uh, so that's a jewel. That's a jewel. If you're listening, the jewel is when you're having a conversation, listen to understand. 
not mm-hmm. to debate, not exactly. to argue, not to be right. But you Shout talk about mom. a lot of people who actually do that. I hear I hear it a lot in women, I'll say, in my in my experience, in my life uh, lessons, mm-hmm. a lot of justification, a lot of um, not being accountable for that role that you play. And even on some of the shows that I watch, um, I remember one day I was in the room and mm-hmm. my wife was watching, I think, um, Love and Hip Hop. Yeah. And Mandisi's was telling about his story. His mom was like, I did the best I could just say. He was like, but you're not listening to what I'm saying and just letting me talk. I'm not down to you. I love you, but you're not letting me talk. And then I think when she was watching, I think Waka, Waka and his mother went through something like that. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, that's something I got to look out for and communicate. And I can't justify and I can't argue the point. I got to listen, try to understand where it's coming from and try to make sure that I don't repeat that, that hurt that person. So that's the jewel for that. I think um, moms are very sensitive. I'm not a mother, so I can't really um, deflect or um, really say if it's true or not. But from my experiences, I think mothers are very sensitive when it comes about how they raise their kids. Because I think each mother, of course, each mother does their best that they can. You know, um, and when they feel their children is not satisfied or they feel like their children have some type of resent or some type of... um, they're not pleased with how they were raised. I think mothers get very defensive because they feel like they've done the best that they could with what, and they didn't have help. Like a lot of single mothers and my mother, she does that a lot. Like, well, she used to. And now I think she's more at peace being older. I think now she's more at peace. Like, you know, I, I, I'm sorry you felt that way, but this is what I did and what the knowledge that I know at this time. And now that I'm at of this age, you know, I apologize that you felt that way, but moving forward, let's have a better relationship. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who wants to move forward. And I kind of be the one who's kind of stuck in the past sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have to learn forgiveness. I have forgot a lot of things, but like I said, things will come up, I get triggered. And then um, all that, that I, well, you didn't do this when I was younger. And this is why I'm the way I am because of this and that. And my mother will calmly say, you know what? I'm sorry you felt that way. I did the best that I can. What could we do to move forward? And I'll just be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You bring up something that's that's relevant to this um topic forgiving overcoming and letting go so if you have still bring this up or still triggered by these things because a lot of times we don't understand how triggers are still in us to make us feel that moment that we Mm -hmm. felt that pain how do you overcome or fully forgive your mother to never bring it up again and is that even possible it's possible you have to let go Mm-hmm. I think and I think you have to take accountability like that was me at 16 I'm now 36 I have control over my life so whatever I didn't learn at 16 and you feel like it affected you now okay now that I know that it affected me what am I doing to become better so you kind of like got to take the accountability of okay now I'm of age where I can do what I need to do this is my responsibility now this is the best that was done what am I doing now to improve myself so I think it's taking accountability and not pointing the finger that's how we move forward. Mm. So I will say on my side, to, to piggyback over what you're saying, mm-hmm. I had to learn, which is difficult. Anybody's listening, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. I had to figure out that even if I never addressed this person about the issue, if I already did and I never did or whatever the case may be, I have to learn to be comfortable with, am I in a better place now? And do I have to bring this up to feel validated. Mm. That is difficult. 
I don't bring up a lot of the stuff that happened to me in my past. I don't dress with the people because although sometimes you want to address it with that person so that they can understand your pain and what you're going through, if mm-hmm. you need their validation of your pain, then you'll never overcome. Mm. And the only reason I'm saying that is because you ever seen somebody try to confront somebody about a past trauma and that person is not respect, uh, not res- receptive to, mm-hmm. to understanding it. That person was trying to un- to convey their hurt yeah. because it's not being heard. They're still waiting for that moment, that aha moment to see, to say, now do you understand why? Mm-hmm. And that will keep you at a stagnant pace in life. So that's yeah. why I brought, I brought that one up. So now that we went through all of these different aspects, what are the first steps to reconcile? Confrontation to confront. But if you can't confront, which we were just talking about, if you can't confront, how do you reconcile? And I was I specifically put it like that because I didn't say reconcile with the person. I didn't say reconcile with yourself. I just said reconcile so we could see where the first notion would go. And the first notion you had was with the person. Yeah. So how do we reconcile now that you brought it up with the person that doesn't want to be uh, uh, addressed about it? How do we reconcile with ourselves of not being able to get that emotion off? For me, that's a conversation with my therapist. Mm. For me, something that I feel like I can't handle or I don't know the steps to get over something or how to move forward with something positively, I always have to schedule something with my therapist and talk it out and like, all right, I'm having this issue. I don't know how to get over it. I know that the person is not going to be receptive to what I have to hear. How do I move on without having that closure from that person? Mm -hmm. So do you address your family members outside your immediate household the same way you would address your family members on the inside of your house is there a difference there is a difference because i feel um people from the inside are easier to forgive you you know people from the outside may be like how you coming to me like that and um may not be so receptive of forgiveness or Mm. have that thing well that's your family so you got to be you know that's the black culture you know that's family. That's just your crazy aunt. That's just your your mean uncle. That's just mm. your drunk brother. Like you know, <laughs> you know, it's just that's just how it is. And um, some distant families is not like that. Like so, I'm I'm a little bit more careful with the with the the outside family than I am with the inside family. The inside family get the whole me, un X rated, uncensored everything. Um. And the outside people, they get a little grace. They get a mm. little, you know, a little warning. <laughs> so I, the reason I brought it up, because um, I have your same point of view. If it's really outside of my household, I'm not stressing it because I don't have to see you on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with you on a regular basis. But if it's from my immediate household, my immediate family, I always feel like because of the things that I've experienced in my life as far as trauma and downsides, mm-hmm. that I learned how to deal with being alone and not mm-hmm. needing to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was a, a time where I was broken and I was damaged, but I found a way to push on without needing outside people. So it's a gift and a curse that I can get along without it, without having anybody, any interaction whatsoever. But within your household, your immediate household, sometimes my peace that I would have had alone you're there, so I got to address you mm-hmm. in order to fill that peace in this household. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. But um, that brings us to the next uh, 
thing on, on this list, which is how do you fully, no, 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 no. How do you fully know when you're over the hurt officially? There's no more triggers. There's no more bringing it up. There's no more back in the days, nothing. How do you handle that? When I'm able to talk about it to other mm -hmm. people. Me, I keep a lot of things, like people think I'm such an open person. I'm an open person and I can talk about the things I want to talk about. But when it comes to things I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about it. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm that type of person. It's like, it doesn't exist. Like there's certain relationships that people act like I'm over and I'm not over it. I just don't talk about it because it's, it, I'm, I haven't healed or I haven't had closure. So my closure is forgetfulness. Like I just act like it don't exist. We don't talk about that. Like, you know, oh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's just how, that's how it is for me. And I hated that about my dynamic growing up that there was just certain things we don't talk about, but it's like, you kind of, um, you kind of do what you see, not what you're taught, you know? Yeah. So that brings me to a close on just the overall topic of the discussion. So now we're going to go to the next segment of the show, which is our question base. This is where we ask each other questions directed at each other to get the perspective of men and women. So her questions are directed at me to get a male perspective. And my questions are directed at her to get the female perspective or the um, woman lady um, perspective. So I'll give you the first question and I'll answer because I only got five today pertaining okay. to the topic. So I'll let you ask the first question. Okay. So my first question is, um, does a relationship with a man's mother really affect how he treats other women? So this is a question that I could answer on the basis of how it was addressed, but I feel like it's very vague. Yes, you can judge a man by his relationship with his mother. And sometimes you don't have to because I've seen a lot of men that treat women a specific way, but treat um, their mother in a better way. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, would you want somebody to treat your mother that way? Would you want somebody to treat your daughter that way? So how can you cut off the connection of it's still a woman and you would still want the best for your mother so you would do the best for the girl you date? So it's very loaded in the sense of you should. But at the same time, the fact that some can't differentiate between the two is a little bit of a trigger. So you would have to assess it mainly by how he treats his mother first when you first get to see his mother in their interaction and then how he treats you going forward. So now that you mm. see the baseline of judging. Because sometimes you'll pick the guy and think it's whatever it is and then you'll see the interaction with them and you might say, oh, that makes sense. But then you might say, now that I've seen their interaction, this doesn't make sense. I, I, I hope that was a good answer. <laughs> that was. Now there's a second ending question to that. Go ahead. There's a, a thing that I've heard plenty of times that men choose women that are like their mothers. Do you agree with that statement? I would say yes, in a sense, because whether your mother was a great mother or a horrible mother, there's still a connection to who you grew up with that you're going to judge the women that you go out and seek. So most men will seek somebody that reminds them of their mother, which is why a lot of men in our age range might want a woman who is more of a 
housewife because they grew up seeing the mother cooking and doing all those other stuff like that. But most of the women in our age don't want to be housewives because they grew up in, in a generation where you're working, you're making your money, and there's a lot of you don't need a man type rhetoric. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people are not doing those homebody things. So yeah, it's 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 weird. <laughs> it's really weird out here. It's ghetto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I got a question for you. Sure. In your opinion, who causes the most hurt in relationships, men or women? I'm gonna be biased. I can't only tell you how I feel from a woman. I just want your honest. I just want your honesty because you can be biased because you're a woman, but you can also be biased because you experience something that would make you say women are cause most um, hurt in the relationship. So I'm just curious to know. I think it's. I feel. The man gets hurt first and does the damage. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God. Stop fucking lying. I feel like women, we get hurt. <laughs> Your face. I feel... <laughs> I just thought of some shit. I'm trying to understand it. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I, I just feel like women, we could get hurt a lot and we could press on i feel when a man gets hurt it's the end of the world like it ain't no coming back from that like he's never the same like Mm -hmm. a woman we could get hurt and maybe i'm just talking about this from my own experience men don't come at me this is how i feel i feel a man when he get hurt it's it change him for life but a woman we get we get hurt we just endure we endure we endure and then it'd be finally that one hurt or that after just dealing with the same thing over and over and over again, it may affect us. Well, but I'm gonna push back and say that hurt hurts everybody. So it I think it, it men, changes everybody. I think men hurt differently. I think y'all hurt deep. Like but the question, well, the question was who hurts most men or women in relationships? I think men hurt the most. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I y'all, feel y'all they, hurt her. Get it, get in her DMs. Y'all hurt her. Get at her. <laughs> I think men hurt the most and they can't get over things. I feel like the men who have been hurt, like I know men that like were totally different. And then that once that one person or that one scenario has changed them and they ain't never been the same since and nothing's going to change them. And I'm just like, wow, that one thing. (laughs) Ironically, I can say the same thing about women. I know that one guy that she loved and, and he didn't treat her right. Now she treats every guy the same. But we at least give it another chance. Like, we give love another chance. I feel like men... Men give love another chance? It depends on who hurt them. I'm telling you, it depends on how they got hurt. Oh, man. All right, what's your next question? (laughs) (laughs) All right. How do men learn how how to be husbands or fathers when they didn't have that growing up? Uh... A lot of times, especially in the black community, we we have these single parent households. We have a matri uh uh what you call it, matriarchy, matriarchy household full of women. There's a lot of women in in our families and our households. So if you don't have the privilege of having a a father or a hus- a stepfather that's a husband in the household, then you really don't know what it is. You can only go by society standards of what they say it is. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times we get it from television. We get it from news that a man is supposed to provide. We always get that. We are supposed to pay all the bills, supposed to 
take care of the household and all stuff like that. So we hear it, but we, we're not shown it. We're not shown how to resolve issues. Mm. We're not shown how to communicate well. We're not shown how to express our emotions to our wives so we can have a better relationship so she understands what we go through on a daily basis. So it is difficult because we don't really have it. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I had uh, a father and that was a husband in the household. So I watched his social cues and he's more of that throwback father of, I ain't gotta do anything because I got kids. <laughs> so they're gonna do everything. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like that it always fell on me being the oldest. So I'm more of a person that does because I'm just like, I just want to do my part so that things can go on. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to burden my kids with things that I probably could do. Or I'm not going to force them to do everything because I, I, I just have kids. Mm-hmm. If, they, if, you ask, if you speak to any, any three of the kids, they'll tell you, the most I normally ask for is something to give me a cup of water. I'm like, that's not, <laughs> that's not it. That's not a lot. Just give me a couple of orders of ice. I'm just thirsty. That's it. But I'm not going to say, you know, take out the garbage because I said so. I'm not going to yeah. say, this is because I said so. Or stop what you're doing going to the store because I said so because I hated that growing up. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to repeat it. All right. So my next question is, who causes the most damage to the children in a relationship? Men or women? Who causes the most damage to the children? A woman or? Men or women. Men or women. Hmm. The only reason I'm framing it that way is because the topic is overcoming forgiveness and family, how to reconcile with family. So within your family dynamics, somebody's causing it. Most of the times in your household, it's going to come from a brother or sister or a mother and a father. So within the dynamics of a household, who causes the most damage to the children? I say the mother. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. I thought you was going to go the other way. Please. They'll indulge me on this one. <laughs> I say the mother because I feel as a woman, the mother sets the tone of how the household and the respect factor. So I feel like if your mother didn't stand for respect, if your mother didn't stand have a voice or your mother didn't set the tone of how to be respected, it affects a woman more than it does a man. Mm. Because I feel like um, society kind of builds up men of how to have respect and how to um, discern themselves in the world. I feel a woman has learned how to discern herself as a woman through her eyes of her mother. Well, you heard it here. I'm not going to push back. I'm not going to argue. I'm going to accept the honesty because that was a great answer. (laughs) So what's your next question? Wow, you agree. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I just wanted an honest opinion. <laughs> and you gave it. <laughs> and, and I really believe that. Um, that's why I really had to think. Mm. Um, we always say, oh, my daddy, daddy issues and stuff like that. But maybe I wouldn't have these daddy issues if my mom was more strong on me or had those conversations ab- about certain things, about what to expect from a man or how to deal with cheating or how to deal with infidelity how to deal with heartbreak how to these are things that we're not taught how to deal with we just deal with it Mm. my mom never had a conversation with me till this day how to heal from a relationship or how to heal from different things i've just learned it there's Mm. nobody teach you that you know that's one of the reasons why i'm talking to the kids about it (laughs) yeah i don't want them to grow up with that whole gap in communication and conflict mm-hmm. resolution like hey let me talk to you about all the things that i experienced now so you're aware of it so you recognize it as you as you're coming into your own 
Exactly. Can a man forgive infidelity like a woman can? I'm going to say an emotionally immature man can't. But a person who's a little older, mature, mentally can't. And the reason why I say that, um, I got to be careful when we talk on this stuff because I don't want nobody to try to plug uh, the, the, the puzzles and try to figure out what I'm saying or who I'm talking about. But I was in a relationship where um, I had caught a person cheating, not mm-hmm. in person, but through investigation, text messages, emails, stuff like that. And I yeah. always asked, like, why? Mm-hmm. And because I was, you know, not mentally or emotionally mature, the more I dig, the more I found, but I stayed. Yeah. And I wanted that person to confess and they never confessed. But I stayed and snooped to keep catching them so they could confess. Now that I'm older and I went through that period, I'm just mature enough to say people cheat. It's a part of relationships. It comes down for me. Cheating is not one of those deal breakers. The reason behind you cheat is is a deal breaker. I totally agree. Because if you can position, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but if you can present your argument as something I was lacking or wasn't Mm -hmm. providing, and I can look back and say, you know what? I wasn't lacking. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't providing that. And I can counter with, did you ever bring it to my attention? That part. If you say yes, and I can go back in my mind and say, yes, she has presented it. Damn. I forgive you. That's how we, how we work over this. But if mm-hmm. everything you're saying doesn't make sense, then I got to leave because you're going to do this dumb shit again. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just not happy with who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So, Period. Yeah. <laughs> so I could, but you know, it takes a certain mental maturity to get there. I can. And it's basis is based on the same thing you said. I feel a lot of people cheat because of things that they're lacking in their relationship, not because of the person. I think that they cheat because they're with the wrong person. Mm. No matter what that person is doing for them, it's just not it. So I feel in that situation, that person should leave. That would be a reason for me to be like, all right, we're not supposed to be together. (laughs) But if we're into each other and things have fell off and you have told me about this and I just brushed you off and you found that comfort in someone else, I got to take accountability that my partner told me this, that I'm not playing my role in my position. And if I really care about that person, what are we going to do to to heal? What are we going to do to make our our relationship stronger? So I agree with you. What's your next question? Um, That was my question. It's your turn. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry, I thought thought it was on you. I don't know. No, it's okay. My bad, my bad. Uh, So what's the next question I have? Do women raising their daughters and babying their sons set up their children for a future of dysfunctional family relationships? Most definitely. I'm not a mother yet, but I do agree on that. I feel... um, I'm trying to think because my mom had three girls and one boy and my brother was the youngest. I don't know if he was baby because he was a boy or was Mm -hmm. he baby because he was the youngest. Mm -hmm. So for me, let's think back. Um, Was he baby because he was a boy? Was he baby because he was the youngest? (laughs) I don't think my mother babied him because my brother got away with a lot more. I think because my mom he had three older sisters. So it's like, you can really get away with a lot. So my mom had more, I guess, 
parental help. Like we mm-hmm. were kind of all like the moms, whatever. But I don't think my mom, my mom babied him more because my father wasn't, a. I think she tried to um, do more because my father wasn't around. Like my mom did way more. Like she cooked way more. She, she did more domestic things for my brother than she did for us because I guess because we're females and we're supposed to be conditioned to do those things so I do feel like my mom babied him and provided him with more things financially because a man in the house was not around mm-hmm. so but my my brother is way more compassionate towards my mother and way more compassionate towards women because of that like every mother's day my father like my mother's birthday's today and I was just like, happy birthday, mom. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna send you a gift. Every Mother's Day, every birthday, my 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 brother provides my mom with flowers and and he he's so gentle with her. And he I believe he he has a good relationship with his girlfriend and cherished woman because of the way that my mother treated him. Mm. And he saw, you know, the compassion that my mother had for him because he didn't have a father around. Mm. Gotcha. So I don't so, really think she babied him. I think she just gave him more love. So the reason why I phrased that question, because I want to give context to the listeners, mm-hmm. although this is our question portion, the framing of that is I've noticed that a lot of these current parenting situations, a lot of the women are telling their daughters, you don't need no man, have your own have mm. this, this, and that. You're raising her to be independent, independent of yeah. a man. Mm-hmm. But you're telling your boys mm. not the same thing to be independent or to be even a better spouse to the future woman that they have. So by babying these boys, by not making them more Got assertive it. for life, by way and making the girls more independent, you kind of have these dysfunctional relationships where women are saying they don't need no man and they know how to handle shit. And the boys are like kind of laid back because the mother's been doing everything all their lives. See, I wasn't raised that way. My mom always told me, find you a good man. So you don't got to struggle. And so, and then I always felt like, why I kind of don't want that. Like, I kind of want to be able to be good on my own. Like I felt like um, my mom always felt like to have a two parent home was the best way. And I think that's why she tried to make, her her relationship with my father work because she felt like that balance was good even though it was dysfunctional but I feel that I rebelled against it mm. and wanted to always feel like I can do things on my own because I don't want to depend on somebody so I wasn't raised that way I was raised old school like mm. find you a good find you a good man you need you a man like and mm. it's and it's so funny that we were raised that way and my sisters or me were not married or have kids. Mm. It's like, did we rebel <laughs> or no? Like, I feel I did rebel. I know me, I can speak for myself. I rebelled. But now at 36, I'm like, I'm reconsidering why I rebelled so long. <laughs> like Now I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to settle down. <laughs> mm. Interesting. Well, you in that danger zone, Kevin Samuels talked about. <laughs> yeah, I am in the danger zone. <laughs> I'm aware, I'm a, but see, I'm not like them other females. I am aware that I am in a danger zone and I am aware of what, um, I'm not trying to get a man that's not on my level or whatever he be saying. I, yeah. I, 
I humble myself to what I think I deserve and what I feel balance me out. I'm not looking like to talk about the show, I guess. I remember I, I saw clips of one show and this girl was saying, oh, she wanted a man who made six figures and had no kids and all the stuff like that. And he's like, well, what about you? How do you feel you're going to attract that man if you're not on that man's level? And um, I agree with that because if, and I might, a lot of women might hate me for this, but like I might get a little... But when you're a woman of a certain age and you have kids and you have other things like that in a man's mentality, that kind of levels you down a little bit. Even though you may have um, financial, you may be able to take care of yourself. A man want a woman that's young and, and tender and he feels like she can um, reproduce and she ain't gonna have no issues and different things like that. So of course a woman that may not have the financial that you do have, but she's younger, she hasn't had kids, she's not, you know, already in her ways, you can kind of, now I wouldn't say manipulate, but you kind of mold her in a way, like a, a woman that's 30-something compared to a woman that's 20-something, it's different levels, a man kind of wants a woman that has not had kids, that has not had these experiences and stuff like that, so he kind of can mold her into what he wants, gotcha. which I, I see, I see it, you know, and so I'm, I'm not going, I'm in the danger zone, so, you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, be appreciative what I could get at this moment, I guess. <laughs> All right, so, so the next question is, is it on you or on me? It is, is on, on me. Okay. Because I'm in the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> Does your family affect who you choose as a partner? When I was younger, um, as I think most high schoolers do and early college people do, we, we date each other because we think we're cute and, and we have sex. So when I was younger, no. Um, after seeing some of the dynamics of how important it is for your, 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 your spouse, your, your fiance, your girlfriend to get along with your family, to just be around your family. You don't have to sit with them and mm -hmm. talk to them where you could just be like the girls over there and the guys over there. And we all chill and have a fun. It's definitely something that I need in order to date you or to be with you. Like the fact that my cousins hit my wife up to do girls trips or to hang out I think is dope mm -hmm. that on, not only gives me my alone time <laughs> but it lets me know that yeah. you're cool with my family like yeah. that's dope okay yeah I think that's important mm -hmm. now being older mm -hmm. but I don't care about I love him <laughs> but now it's like will he like my mom like with mm -hmm. my family can he be in this dynamic because it's very important to deal with my family like mm -hmm. if you could deal with my family Listen, listen, now you, know what's, now you in the danger zone. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've dated a few times when I was single where I got around people's family or children and realized I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So that family dynamic is, is very important. Do you have do you have a bunch of uh, what they say, commiseration, miserable women that are male bashing while I'm there? Then I know that when we go through something that's yeah. going to be the, the rhetoric yeah, versus right. somebody yeah. calling out somebody else for not doing their part or calling them out for just being wrong. Like you could mm -hmm. call the guy out for being wrong, but you can also call the girl out for everything she did. Cause a lot of times they're complaining about the end result, mm -hmm. but not all the shit that led up to that end result. So yeah. she did a through Y he blew up as Z, but he's wrong. Like, why don't you give the full story, get the full context, give great information. So when I see certain things about family structures, 
I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to produce a child in this environment and I'm not going to be involved in this environment. So mm-hmm. family's important. All right. So next question, what can a mother do to reconcile with the father of her children? They really have to come to, they got to really have a heart, a heart to heart. Like um, I was watching DMX funeral and his first wife came up and she had to, she like really broke it down the dynamic of their relationship. And even though DMX had all these kids, had a fiance and everything like that, they were still were able to take themselves away from their situation and still appreciate their relationship as Earl and Tashaka, what I Tashika, I forgot her name. Um, at and be able to to still relate and have a relationship. So I feel like when you take away all the dynamics of the titles of wife and husband, and it's just man and woman, and the relationship that these two people have had, I think they're able to reconcile. Like my mother and my father, I feel they have reconciled. Like even though my mother may have not forgiven the things, no, my mother has forgiven the things that my father has done, but she has not forgot them. So she's able to see my father as Henry, the man that she met, the man that makes her laugh, the man that she can have a good conversation with, not Henry, her the husband that she has divorced because of infidelities and different things like that. So I think when you see the person beyond the relationship and the hurt and the different things that you have, the trials and tribulations, and you're able to still relate and, and um, have some type of rapport and relationship, I think you're able to reconcile. Okay. Great, 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 great. And this could be the final question. I only got one more, so yeah. I don't want to make I don't want to make it uneven. <laughs> okay. How can we overcome family secrets and learn how to be transparent about our traumas? Like, uh, for instance, you found out something about your family, and um, learn how to be transparent and overcome with other people in regards to that that you found out. Like, you know how like. You just never knew this family secret. And then all of a sudden, it's, now you understand why things are the way they are within this family secret. But how do you express that to your kids and other family members and overcome that? So I would say that if, if it directly affects me, then there's nothing I can do about it. I can just be supportive. Um, but if it involves me in any way, like, uh, let's say the worst case scenario, like my father isn't my father or something like that, or... Mm-hmm. Um, you are my, not my, my sibling is not my sibling or something like that. Like that directly affects, affects me. So I would have to ask questions, but I would have to also be understanding that throughout my experience in life, people just make mistakes and you got to give people grace and you got to try to be understanding. If you've never fucked up in your life, then maybe you can have a grudge or have some type of, uh, you shouldn't be able to do this. But if mm-hmm. you've ever made a mistake in your life, then you understand that mistakes happen. And although life, our existence on it is short, it's, it's, life is long and it's suffering. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. That is so true. <laughs> so yeah, that's my answer for that one. Okay. okay my last question. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. How should daughters address their mothers when they reach the point in their life that all of the you don't need no man and niggas ain't shit and all this other rhetoric that they've been taught throughout their life produces them actually not having a man or a family or a husband. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I because mm. I, I didn't grow up that way and I'm 
don't have a man. Shantae don't got a man at home. Uh, let's, um, say, <laughs> let's say hypothetically, you know mm-hmm. somebody. We all know somebody who grew up around this. That's why those phrases exist. Yeah. How does that daughter later address that mother when she hits, say, 40 and she's unmarried with no kids or a few kids and no husband? That's a hard conversation to have with your mother to let her know that even though she tr- she was, I guess, trying to instill me being self-sufficient and independent, that she kind of instilled me to be too strong and to, um, we're not, we're not here to be alone. You know, we're not here to do things alone. That's why, you know, there's a man and there's a woman. And that's why we need a man and a woman to create a child. But, um, we're, we're not, no one's here to do it alone. And I, and I don't feel, I can't say that we're all supposed to be with someone, but I do feel that in order to recreate, it has to be with two people. And if we're bringing kids into the factor, it's our responsibility to nurture a relationship between a man. I don't want people to say who between two people. I don't, cause you know, I don't want the society to come get me. Um, but we're, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not love leaving is them out. Love, we're yeah, not love is out. love, but. We're, we're talking specifically about our dynamic. <laughs> of our dynamic. We date. I date women, you date men. So we're specifically the community about is that. the community is strong. They they get us. So I don't, I don't want to go there that way. So I'm I'm trying to retract. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes two people to make a uh to raise a, a child. I know they say it takes a village, but I really honestly believe it takes two people because we need a balance. Too much of one energy is not enough to raise a child. And so when I feel a mother instills in their daughter that they don't need anybody. Like I hear nowadays, a lot of women tell me, well, you don't need a, a husband or like, they be like, oh, why you don't have any kids right now? And I'm like, well, I'm not date. I'm not really in a serious relationship or I'm not married. You don't need to be married to have kids. You don't need a husband to, to, to have kids. And I'll be looking at them like they crazy. Like, yes, I do. I need some, I need somebody to balance me out. I need that help. Like women and, and single moms, like they're always so tired and stressed out and stuff like that because they don't have that balance. They don't get that break. And I feel like even though the woman may take the most responsibility in taking care of a child, but that could be negotiable, still having a man there in presence, it's helpful. So I feel when a woman tell when a when a mother tells her daughter that she doesn't need a man and she doesn't need this, she could be independent or she she can be self-sufficient, you are setting her up to be alone for the rest of her life. Mm. You are setting her up to to feel that it's okay to be alone or it's okay to just use a man for sexual pleasures or just to reproduce. That there's no more value in a man than to do that. And I feel there's so much value in a companion and a man that is more than just reproduction. Mm-hmm. It gives you a balance. It gives you um it gives you some type of um purpose mm-hmm. in life. I think that's a, a important responsibility. As I get older, I never used to think that being in a relationship was important, like having a a, a male companion a companion was important but now I feel like it's a it's a balance it's it gives you a, a sense of balance and purpose within this this life that we have mm-hmm. so I feel you're setting your 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 daughter up for failure if you're telling her that she does not need anybody but herself 
in mm. Jesus. <laughs> like, listen, I appreciate the honesty, and I'm quite sure our viewers appreciate the honesty. Um, so that will wrap up our episode. So the next segment is DNA recoded. This decoded. This is where we give our synopsis of the episode and what we feel. Wrap it up. So D Renee, what you got for the folks? Well, I believe this was a very good, healthy conversation. I feel even with the first episode that my perspective on things are very different than what I think they really are in real life when we have these conversations. So I feel like sometimes us as women, we need to um, have these open conversations with men, not just saying any, any man, just to kind of like rethink or like really focus on how we were raised or how our mindset is and how it affects us today and how we're we're being example for the future. So I really feel like these conversations help us get to a better communication. I don't care if only five people hear this. I feel like these conversations that we have really give us a real clear expectation of what we need to do better as people to communicate and to be better for the future. That's a good word. I'll end it by saying families go through their ups and downs. You are one cog in a wheel of a moving car of mm -hmm. a lineage of people. And you just got to do your best to try to either be the change that you want to see or be that change that sparks the plug for the next generation. If you have any traumas and you can't overcome or forgive family, relationships, partners, siblings, children, then I, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. Therapy, either going to see a specialist or sitting your ass down and actually writing out your issues. Why this triggers you? Why this um, bothers you? Why do you feel this way? Answer those questions on a piece of paper daily until it makes sense on how you feel, how you function, how you operate. And we can get our lineage, our families to a better, healthy space. So with that being said, follow us on social media. The IG page is the Relationship DNA Podcast. Twitter, the RDNA Podcast. Uh, follow D. Renee at being D. Renee. Follow me at Mr. Anthony Smalls on all social media platforms. And remember, we will be back with a new episode sooner or later. And in the meantime, be happy, be blessed, be loved. We, ho we holler at you later.